Hi there, welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart, experienced, and successful professionals who've done the work. You can also find me on YouTube where you can interact with me and other people like yourself. Today, my guest is Steve Brierley. Steve has spent over 20 years in HR, mostly concentrating on talent management in a range of industries. I met him when he was presenting at a conference I attended. Hi, Steve. How are you? Very good. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation about talent management because I've pretty much had none of it on the show so far. So uh, getting started, though, talent management really is such a broad term. Can you just discuss that? What's encompassed by talent management? Sure. And and actually a great question to start off with. You know, it, uh, it's really changed a lot uh, back in the early 2000s when you spoke about talent management. It was really people were thinking about recruiting and yeah. um, it evolved. You know, I'm going to say middle 2006, 2007, it started to become a specialty and, and people were looking at it differently. They were looking at all of the different people practices that impacted a business. So it went from recruiting uh, started to get into learning and leadership development and compensation and uh, well, all the different HR generalization. Um, it really started to encompass all of that. Uh, I'm going to say around uh, 20, 2009, 2008, uh, it, it started to be defined a little bit more clearly uh, where uh, HR generalists were kind of in one bucket one yeah. category, people looked after the day-to-day operations of the business. And then talent management was in a separate bucket, bucket where it came to employee engagement, okay. uh, recognition, all of those different things that impacted people on a daily basis. All right. So as you mentioned, talent management is a relatively new term, but it's stuff we were doing before in HR. So what did rebranding of these group of activities enable? Well, you know what it did? It, it helped to focus a lot of the things that HR was doing for people. And it, once the focus was on there, it became important to organizations. I think back to when I was working with in Canada, and uh, I actually had pushed to have a talent management title at that time because before that was lead, uh, learning and development. So once I had that, that talent management title and we created the talent management department, we started to really think about uh, integration. And I think that's the key part here when it comes to talent management. We were integrating our engagement practice, our performance management practice, our succession planning. And instead of looking at things separately, we started to integrate and think how they all played together. Mm-hmm. So it started to become quite an interesting topic at mm-hmm. that time. So talent management seems to com- encompass a lot. So what isn't included in that umbrella? You know, consistently what has been excluded okay. has been um, HR generalists, mm-hmm. day-to-day practice, HR advisory. Okay. Those areas are typically outside the talent management bucket. However, we are seeing a lot of senior executives using the title talent management or talent in people and culture. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really starting to encompass everything. And I, and I think the... What I love about the term talent is it, it, it really talks about the focus on people mm-hmm. and and that how important people are to the organization. Personally, I think what it's done is with this this focus on people uh, and this idea that it's about an employee experience. Um, and lastly, integration. So everything is linked. It's a systems uh, thinking okay. thing that, 
yeah, it's it's growing, and I uh, I just think that that new focus is really helping organizations understand the importance of people. Okay, so next question here: Talent management may seem to imply focusing on just your talented employees. So how is this inclusive of all employees? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think uh, looking at the term talent. What it simply means is looking at the entire population of the organization, understanding the skills they bring, the behaviors, and how they operate in the organization. So it really does. It doesn't exclude anybody. It includes everybody. And as a matter of fact, when you take an integrated talent management approach, you look at, uh, we used to refer to as the life cycle of an employee at an mm-hmm. organization, you know, from hire to retire. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a matter of fact, talent management looks at recruiting so bringing and it looks on onboarding it looks at ongoing continuous employment to employee mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. looks at leadership development and then it looks at offboarding too mm-hmm. and how do you engage people who are retiring maybe you bring them back maybe to become mentors so it, it really does look at that full life cycle of an employee at an organization just to dig into that a little bit further and into the employee life cycle what would you do different when you have a talent management lens on well here's a couple of examples so okay. if like let's say for example you do focus on talent odds are your organization will understand the key traits and behaviors and competencies and skills that are important so with an integrated talent management approach you take that information and data and you use it to recruit okay. the appropriate people to join your organization right then you layer on culture and fit and uh it really elevates the process of recruiting mm-hmm. where you start to uh, get you know hire better and when you hire better people stay longer productivity goes up there's there's so many great benefits to do that at the very beginning mm-hmm. um the second part i'm going to say right after that is onboarding so with a talent management focus uh, you you look at how you can make that person more productive quicker. You know, typically it's a three to six month window for someone to become fully productive as mm-hmm. a new employee. Yeah. So what talent management enables you to do is, is shorten that cycle. So imagine if you could reduce the, uh, the onboarding time to a month to one month. Think of the extra productivity that an organization could really benefit from. That seems like it. That seems ambitious. You know, I would say so, but we saw actually saw it happen. Yeah. And part of it was when we using a talent management approach, we looked back and we wanted to identify what were some of the problems that we were having or why was it taking so long? Mm. We, we were able to, uh, through that lens, say, these are the things we need to do. And we changed it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it, uh, it really had a financial impact on the bottom line of the organization I worked at. Mm-hmm. But we had never studied it before. So, you know, we just took it for, for granted. Oh, yeah, it's a six months, say like six months to a year, to yeah. be honest. But uh, but yeah. we, we made a mandate and we uh, we set ourselves a target. So what can we do? Let's let's make this happen. So that's an interesting example. And now I'm now I'm even more curious. So <laughs> what <laughs> what were you doing differently? Quite a few things. So the first thing we okay. realized is that Onboarding doesn't start on day one. It starts when you sign your contract okay. or when you get an offer. Yeah. From there, what we started to do is to do the integration or the awareness of the organization. So employees, new employees, had access to information about the company. So when they started on day one, they knew the team. They knew right. who they're going to be working with. They right. knew the organizational structure. They knew the uh, unwritten and written rules of the organization. 
they would have met their team members in advance. So you imagine day one, they're not looking for their desk, looking for their computer. Uh, they, that's done. Mm -hmm. uh, that just that simple practice changed everything about onboarding for us. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make I don't want to make it sound like that was easy, by the way, because in order to do that, we had to integrate the IT department, the HR department, the benefits department. There was a lot of work involved to, to yeah. make that happen uh, pre day one. Yeah. But once we got that set up, um, it really worked like a charm. The okay. the analytics to help you make your case for this this activity sure. is so important. You know, one of the lessons I learned pretty quickly doing HR was in order to get a project approved, there had to be some quantitative data. Right. So everything we did had a dollar value, every single thing. And um, I, I'll just give you one quick example when it comes to engagement. Everybody does engagement surveys. Yes. And, it, and if you look at uh, engagement data, there's typically three categories. There's, you know, like fully engaged, partially engaged, completely disengaged. Yes. And the data would suggest that approximately 8 to 10% of people are actively disengaged, probably looking for new employment. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you think about that, and if you want to quanti quantify that, all you need to simply do is you have your average salary. Um, you take it, you know the percentage. You take the percentage versus the number of employees times the average salary. And that will tell you exactly how much money you're wasting every month on salaries for people who don't want to work there. So you have two options. You can help them become more engaged yeah. or maybe help help them find another job. I don't want to sound too harsh here, but uh, that it's important. Um, and we know that actively disengaged employees can impact an organization uh, very negatively. Yes. So, yeah. so when I quantified that dollar amount, it was really interesting to see how there was a lot of interest. But for engagement, when I was talking about people who like to work here, nobody really cared. It, it, right. it really didn't have that same impact. It, you know? No, it didn't. I shouldn't say. Some did care, but, yeah. you know, but it was quantifying. So everything that I do now, I quantify. What are some key challenges or opportunities inherent in talent management right now? Well, the first thing is, and just as we were speaking about right from the very beginning, explaining what it means. Uh, it typically can be a catch-all. And uh, I know often I'd go and, you know, tell someone, hey, I'm in charge of talent management. And they look at me like, okay, I'm not recruiting right now. So there's an awareness component yeah. uh, that you have to put through the organization. The second thing is um, understanding how everything is connected and how to make the connections work so that, you know, exercising political influence within an organization to collaborate and to work with the other departments like compensation, like data, like IT. Um, I'm going to say that that requires a lot of effort and work to do mm -hmm. internally. You know, initially, I would have said to you that to establish boundaries, I guess I look at it differently. I, ju I just think I kind of took the boundaries down and realized that anything that impacts people other than HR advisory is something that I want to be involved in. And because I knew that it impacted something I was looking at. It didn't mean I was responsible for, some, for example, safety. I, I had no accountability for safety. However, I knew that an employee who is conscious of safety yeah. would be a great employee and that's competency that we were promoting. So yeah, everything was connected. So you were talking just a minute ago about 
getting that collaboration. So working with IT and working with the data folks and working with the comp folks. So if there's anybody out there who wants who wants to advance that kind of collaboration in their own organization, do you have any advice for them? Sure. You know, it, it really starts off with, first of all, identifying that network uh, or a network of collaborators that are going to be important for what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, it's it's really creating a shared common purpose mm-hmm. and, and what the benefits are going to be if you work together. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, then I think you can have a, a high-performing, high-functioning collaborative team. Mm-hmm. I think so often that, you know, those other groups, they're off with their own priorities. Oh, yeah. just, there's just so many distractions to to get in the way. Oh, absolutely. And so it does require that ability to, to influence others. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes at different levels, you know, mm-hmm. people that are higher than your organization. But I think it's, it's identifying that purpose, sharing that common goal, okay. yeah. and uh, getting people excited about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Developing some energy behind it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a related way, I guess, what are some skills or attitudes that are necessary for talent management? Uh, and that's a great question. But the first thing is you have to have an open mind. Um, you need to understand that uh, people are going to come to you with lots of different questions, ideas, projects, mm-hmm. and having an open mind and saying yes. We used to laugh that we were the department of yes. Right. Because we always said yes, we just find a way to do it. You, you know? know what? That's funny because HR is often seen as department of no. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, our goal was to change that. So we we became the department of yes. And uh, so having an open mind is important. You have to be constantly learning. Mm-hmm. There's so many new concepts and techniques and mm-hmm. um, you have to love learning. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you don't, you're going to have a challenge in that in that area. You have to, I'm going to say, be agile. And you have to, and what I mean by that is you're probably going to be asked to do a lot of different things at the same time. So uh, there's that versatility. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the last one would be, um, uh, you know, positive. Like really understand that that what you're doing. It has a major impact on the organization. And the other thing we used to joke about, you know, that organization doesn't run without people. And uh, if the people are fully engaged, everything changes. Well, thanks, Steve. I appreciated that. That gives me something to think about and sort of that piece around integration of all the pieces of HR and how that allows us to uh, help our employees perform better. Anyhow. We've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.